hell yeah, girlfriend. Go fight your dragon. Say screw him and do your own thing. I was so infuriated with him. Yeah. She should go off and fight dragons. She should put herself in danger. Yes. Welcome to Red Wine Reads, a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not so favorite books while pouring a glass or two of wine. I'm your host, Jenna Miller, and with me today is Sierra Marshall, who's still on Team 1G after finishing this book. You'll understand what that means later. Now, before we start, I should warn you that we do spoil the endings of the books we review, so if you don't like that, then please go finish the book and come right back to this episode. But also, if you're here just for the fun-loving conversation, then welcome. We're so glad you're here. Whether you want to read one, none, or all of these books, the choice is up to you. These reviews are not backed by any science or experience, just purely two opinionated amateur readers, so you may hate the books we love or love the books we hate. Whatever episode you end up choosing, we hope it's fun to listen to, no matter how you like your books. So please go ahead and tell us your opinions of these books on Instagram and TikTok at Podcast. That's at R-W-R-E-A-D-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And follow along to see what books are coming up next. So without further ado, let's pull some corks and get reading. This week, we read Daughter of the Moon Goddess by Sue Lin Tan. Sierra, welcome to another episode of Red Wine Reads. I'm so happy to be here. I know. Today is a very exciting day because we are discussing uh, Daughter of the Moon Goddess by Sulin Tan. There it is. It's an absolutely stunning cover and it absolutely matches the interior in my opinion, but we'll dive way deeper into this later. Agreed. So before we get started, I do want to dive into kind of a little bit about the book and a little bit about Sulin Tan, the author. It's kind of interesting because this is kind of her first real novel that she's written. And so uh, there's not like a whole lot about her out on the internet, (laughs) which I found. Um, And so all I know is, you know, she was born in Malaysia, kind of did her studies in Europe and then made her way over to Hong Kong. And that's kind of where she really spent a lot of her life. And then she writes fantasy inspired by the myths and legends that she fell in love with as a child. So a lot of these Chinese mythology tales is kind of what she writes about. So super stunning. And this book in particular, Daughter of the Moon Goddess, was published in January of 2022. It received a 4.2 out of 5 on Goodreads. It's the first book of a duology. So the second book is Heart of a Sun Warrior. A little side note, I have a friend who's reading that right now because she was actually the one who had me get this book. And I was so happy that Sarah chose it because I was like, oh, wow, this is actually up next on my uh, TBR list. So this is perfect. And she said that she recommends going straight into the second book because it happens like two weeks after the ending of this book. So now I have to go buy that one. So thank you, Lindsay. (laughs) You know, it's claim to fame, honestly, is just it's beautiful cover. Right. People cannot get over just the stunning nature of this cover. And unfortunately, this is a podcast and we can't show it to you. But just imagine the most beautiful painting you've ever seen on a book cover. And then lastly, I mean, this book has hopped on almost like every best of list you could imagine. It was Goodreads Choice Award finalists for Best Debut, Best Fantasy. It was Barnes and Noble's Best of 2022, Amazon Editor's Best of 2022, Oprah's Top 25 Fantasy of 2022, and Book Riot's Best of 2022, among many, many others. But uh, those were the most notable. As it should. As it should. Now, I'm very excited for this part because I actually took some time to make a very special Special drink tonight. This is called the Blue Moon. Ooh. Yeah, I found it on Instagram. It doesn't look very appetizing in this light, but it's like purple. <laughs> and it's creme de violet, lemon, gin, and an egg white. So it makes it like all nice and frothy. It's so freaking good. 
Are you drinking anything? I know you literally came just from work. <laughs> I am not. I, I literally just came from work. Yeah, I had like enough time to change and then grab my stuff really quick. And now I'm like, <laughs> I do not have a drink. Although, you know, I should have one. It's been a long day. I know. That's how I felt. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take an extra five minutes to make this thing because I'm very excited about it. Well, let's let's just get in. The We have our main characters. Unfortunately, I am a native English speaker. I'm so sorry if I butchered these names, but I'm going to try my best. <laughs> so we have our main character, Jin Yin. Uh, she's the daughter of the moon goddess. She's the main character of which this book is told through. And she's kind of our bad archer warrior she grew up with the moon goddess kind of secluded on their own little island i guess it's kind of an island when you're talking about the celestial realm the moon yeah the moon (laughs) there you go and so her first time journeying into the celestial kingdom is pretty much her falling out of the sky because they're running away from the people who are chasing them that's got to be a rude awakening yep and then we have leeway who is the first love interest and he is a really starts off as a really good friend of Shinyan. So Shinyan meets him by like the river and she kind of gives him crap. And he was kind of like, whoa, this is kind of crazy because I'm the celestial prince. So uh, you're kind of giving me toot and I kind of like it. <laughs> and so they end up studying together and becoming really good friends, which eventually blossoms into a romance. Very short lived because he ends up having to marry another. And that's very devastating. And then we have Chang Ye, who is Xinyin's mother. She is the moon goddess. She was exiled to the moon um, and kind of kept prisoner there because she drank a immortal elixir that was supposed to go to the father of her child who shot down all these, you know, mystical beings with this bow. And he didn't want to take it. And she wanted to take it to save her life because she was going to die during her pregnancy. And so she took this elixir and then was banished. And that's kind of how she became the moon goddess. And then... We have Wen Chi, who is a noble captain in the Celestial Army. He was the second love interest of Xinyin. I also put he's a backstabbing two-timer because he's actually the prince of the demon realm. I guess I should have said this before. We do spoilers. I say it in the intro. I say it now. We do spoilers. So I'm sorry. (laughs) There you go. So let's get into the summary and then we'll dive right in. I keep saying dive right in and we just keep diving into like little kiddie pools. Let's keep going. I'm trying. So growing up on the moon, Shinyin is accustomed to solitude, unaware that she is being hidden from the feared celestial emperor who exiled her mother for stealing his elixir of immortality. But when Shinyin's magic flares and her existence is discovered, she is forced to flee her home, leaving her mother behind. Alone, powerless and afraid, she makes her way to the celestial kingdom, a land of wonder and secrets. Disguising her identity, she seizes the opportunity to learn alongside the emperor her son, mastering archery and magic, even as passion flames between her and the prince. To save her mother, Shinyan embarks on a perilous quest, confronting legendary creatures and vicious enemies across earth and skies. But when treachery looms and forbidden magic threatens the kingdom, she must challenge the ruthless celestial emperor for her dream, striking a dangerous bargain in which she is torn between losing all she loves or plunging the realm into chaos. Daughter of the Moon Goddess begins an enchanting romantic duology, which weaves ancient Chinese mythology into a sweeping adventure of a mortals and magic where love vies with honor dreams are fraught with betrayal and hope emerges triumphant okay well let's do this Let's, let's start a little different. This is like the main complaint I hear from people. It kind of took a little bit to get into this book. And so let's kind of start there. Let's talk about the beginning. What what do you think? I dove right in. Okay. It literally did not take me any time at all. Half of that was because I forgot what day we were doing this. <laughs> 
And so I like was like, oh my gosh, uh, I'm really behind. So I spent like the whole Sunday afternoon, like reading, I think 200 something pages in one setting. So um, it really didn't take me any time. Like immediately I thought to myself, I was like, wow, this writing is beautiful. And so very detailed in a way that like some of the fantasy books that I've read in the past aren't. And I was like, what a drastic change, a beautiful change. The description of everything. I mean, I know a lot of it plays into cultural significance of the detail on these specific items or how things should look or describing what people are wearing. But I mean, it was really beautiful to see such a just the way that she worded everything. I was just like, this is lovely, like grabbed me immediately with the amount of detail in this book. Yeah, I it was funny, like the amount of detail I loved in the writing I loved. And it was funny because I didn't notice that I didn't love the beginning until I got further into the book because I was like, God, she like really knows how to write. And then I just felt like as soon as they get into when Shin Yen's studying with Li Wei, I feel like that was when I was like, this is where the story starts. The beginning seemed like her editor came to her and was like, we need a reason for why she's in the Celestial Kingdom. <laughs> Can you write it? And she was like, yeah, sure. And, ga- and they gave her like a week to write this thing. Is kind of how it felt, which was like a bummer because I feel like I almost missed out on like the connection between her and her mother a little bit. You do kind of really get it from Shinyan's point of view of, of that passion and that drive to help her mother. And so I don't think it was missed as much as it could have been saying that it's like written from her point of view. But that was my one qualm. I wish it was just a little more, a little more oomph to the beginning, maybe even like 50 more pages to the beginning to kind of set the scene, really get you into the world before she's falling out of the sky. I think it would be really interesting to get a book of the mother's story, the moon goddess's story. I think that would be so interesting. And then I think we would get that kind of, I know a lot of it was she loved her mother and that was very clear, but there was also like this is deep respect for her mom that kind of pushed her away from her in a lot of ways. There was quite a lot of caution around her and how she behaved towards her mother. I think the one thing that did frustrate me the most was her not standing up for herself at the beginning. And like, I get it. She's new to this realm. She doesn't want to be like kicked out. She doesn't want anyone finding out her identity. But it was so frustrating to me to not be like, you need to slap these girls down. Like they need to be put down a peg. So incredibly rude. And I loved that she wasn't afraid to show her fierceness of spirit with leeway. But she was kind of more or less afraid to show it to the others. Even after she had found out, oh, this guy's the prince. She still went out of her way and she was like, I'm going to ask him if I can sign up for this competition. And like, obviously he wanted her to as well. But still, it was very frustrating to me. Yeah, I feel like that part was great. And I feel this is also kind of where the, you know, the almost I just wanted more. Like, I just wanted more of the story. It was that good. I just wanted more. And I'm like, I wish they kind of played out that competition a little bit more. Let's let's get them like pitted against each other in like a few of these, you know, battles, just kind of see who will be the person that will be studying with him and kind of get more of that to kind of get, you know, a scope for like how big of a deal this is. But again, that is like the smallest qualm because it's still like I read it. I enjoyed it. I loved it. I just wanted 50 more pages of it because that's what I wanted. (laughs) I will say I love that he picked mundane tasks. Yes. I think that was really interesting. And I think it was 
was in a way to kind of play to her strength Mm -hmm. in hopes that everything would be played to her strengths. She had served tea. I think it's hilarious that she served a a nasty pot of tea, but like the, the playing of the instruments. And then what was the other one? The painting, Mm -hmm. the painting I think was more important to him as a person because that was his kind of. So I think a lot of that like also played in to like what his, his desires and his interests were in like someone who he wanted beside him and like kind of finding common ground and interest. Yeah. I thought when Liwei and Shinyan were like bonding and they're becoming close, I was like, God dang it. This is probably going to turn into like, she's going to friend zone the crap out of him and I'm not going to be ready for this at all. (laughs) But then I was like, oh, wow, no, they're like in love and it's going to be great. And then I looked at the page count and I was like, it's too early for this. (laughs) Something is going to happen. And sure enough, I was I was pleasantly surprised because at first I was like, yeah, (laughs) Leeways, they are a perfect match. and. I knew that they would be friends forever. And see, I knew one of them is going to be in in peril. Something bad is going to happen. Oh, my God. And then and then they go into that freaking cave. I know. And then Shinyan's like, oh, I loved you all along. I still love you. And all of us are like, we know you're the only one who doesn't know this. (laughs) But also um, that scene in the cave was absolutely like, I think, honestly, one of my favorite scenes because it was kind of an intense that's kind of when I knew I knew this was going to be a kind of in my top top books because I was like it was good up until then but like I need a good action scene that causes characters to question their entire existence who they love and who they care about and that was exactly it and I was like came at the exact right time I think for me it was more or less when she started to train and then she like got better than him and mm. and then on top of that it crushed me when they like parted this book literally tugged on my heartstrings i felt heartbroken when he announced that he was engaged Ugh. but i was like hell yeah girlfriend go fight your dragon say screw him and do your own thing i was so infuriated with him yeah she should go off and fight dragon she should put herself in danger yes she should do all the things to make him feel how he made her feel yeah well i mean he she freaking brings her to a ball where he's sitting next to his betrothed and that's the first time she's hearing about this and she's like hmm great Now I want to go home. (laughs) I'm trying to look for... What was the other guy's name? Wenchi. And then Wenchi's all like... And that's when I fell in love. Unfortunately, (laughs) I'm horrible. And I like the bad guys too much. Because, okay, I have my reason. Here we go. We're getting into the bad guy corner of this podcast. Let's go. Ella, put some, like, deep punk music below this. Love him. He might be my favorite character, despite the fact that you called him a double-crossing something or other. A uh, backstabbing double-crosser, I think is what you said. Yep. He ended up being one of my favorite characters. And I think a lot of it had to do with, I'm such a like diehard romantic, and like I feel like he really does love her. Mm-hmm. And I side with him in a way, because he was born with gifts that he 
he doesn't have control mm-hmm. of whether he has these gifts or not. And I found a lot of validity in what he was saying to her when he was saying like, well, our gifts weren't really used like this until the celestial emperor started pushing us out and like was saying that we're super dangerous because he can't control us. And that is when things took a turn for the worse. Cause when you're pitting these two sides against each other and you're banishing people just because of how they were born, then of course, like they're going to start using those powers for evil rather than for good. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, like there were so many moments where I knew it wasn't fake between them. And so I'm a horrible person. I still ship them, even though I know I probably won't win this battle. And everyone will hate me, but I like the last chapter of him saying like, I will wait until you love me or just like, don't hate me anymore. I was like, say less, you already have my heart. And now you're saying this. And then he was also on top of that. He was like, I will help you free your mother. Like, I want you to be free. And she was just like, you betrayed me. You lied. And I was like, um, so did your other boyfriend. Okay. I don't know. There was there was the scene with the lantern and I was just like, stop it right now. That was beautiful. Specifically brought her a lantern and acknowledged her parentage as a mortal. And that is so hot. And then he stole her away and I was like shocked. I was shocked. And I was like, this is awesome. He's the bad guy. Yeah. No, Here, here's what happened. Here's my Wenchy journey. I come in Monday to work and the gal who recommended this book works with me. So I come in and I was like, I am team Wenchy all the freaking way. Like he just pushed her up against a wall, made out with her. So hot. They did the lantern thing. And that was where I ended. And she goes, oh, no. No, she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's the best. Like, whatever. Very good friend to, like, lean into this with me. And she's like, yeah, I was I was totally team Wenchy, too. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, listen, you're going to get to a part. You're going to know it. You're going to need to text me when you do it. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I go to sit down for lunch, my hour-long lunch break, and I open up the chapters that I read <laughs> are him stealing her and taking her to the demon realm. After lunch, I close the book. I walk into the office and I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) And she goes, I know. I know. I knew you were going to get to it pretty soon. That was the biggest plot twist I've ever like I've ever read in a freaking fantasy book. I knew something was going to happen, but I thought the love triangle would just kind of battle its way out. I liked the love triangle. Oh my God. The fact that they had to share a room. <laughs> I don't think it's gone. I think it's still there. I was talking to her because she's reading the second book and she didn't give any spoilers away. This is not a spoiler, but she's like, I think when she's going to get a redemption arc. And I was like, let's freaking go. Because here's my thing. All his reasons were so justified, in my opinion. You think about in history, like this is not just in our stories, but in history, there are always two sides to things. And one side's always thinking they're doing the right thing. And the other side always thinks they're doing the right thing. And I think in this case, you have the emperor, the celestial emperor and empress, and they're horrible. Absolutely horrible. They're terrible. Trying to control the dragons, control the people, like banishing a woman for trying to save her child. I mean, at the time, they didn't know that. Yeah. But once they found out, like, I still am like questioning their mindset. 
constantly trying to go after Jin Yin and and she continues to serve them and do well for them and work her butt off for the celestial kingdom regardless of the ill treatment that she has constantly received. Yep. And I just I think about him too because he went out of his way to like work hard for the celestial kingdom. I mean, was he maybe scheming the whole time? Sure. Still he brought this point up too he's like I still did the work I still like served them but he made really great points he was saying like they cast us out because of our powers and they were too scared of our powers and we weren't even using them at the time for these horrible evil things we were just being ourselves and a lot of that I mean you even see it when the the celestial emperor is so mad that she has taken the essence away from the pearls his whole intent was to control and I think Maybe he's validated in not liking and trying to go against the Celestial Empire. I mean, the Celestial Emperor and the Empress freaking suck. Yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> they are the worst. <laughs> I know. I think I'll probably end on this point. But the um, the thing I really appreciated about this book was it was 500 pages and it hit on everything. And there was action and there was love and there was romance. There was betrayal. There was everything. And it felt like the pacing of this book was so freaking good. And, you know, as soon as you read 10 pages, you were sucked in and you were reading for an hour and a half. And then you look up at the clock and you're like, oh, my God, here we go. Right. And you're just like, keep getting sucked into the story because that's how the pacing works. And that's how a fantasy book, I think, should be. And I think I am in the midst of reading a fantasy series that the pacing is not that. And it's like slow. And I feel like this book, this is how you do it. And I do think like the ending was like a little bit cheesy, but you know, they're gearing up for a second one. They are. They are. And so that's what gives me hope. Yeah. You know, you can afford to have a little bit of a cheesy ending. I mean, you want to wrap up your book, even though you know you're going to do a second one, you want to wrap it up a little or people are going to be pissed because let me tell you, that is how I felt about Crescent City. As you know, us reading that. And you're left with like this very open-ended thing. So I'm glad she kind of tied a little bow on it. So just in case I need some extra time before I read the second one, I don't feel like I'm going out of my mind. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Sue. We really appreciate you. (laughs) Well, is there anything else you want to get into before we get into our final ratings? I'm just going to say I would love to see even more than a triangle, like a love diamond or square or something like that, whatever, because... With the Prince of the Eastern Shore? Yes. Or Eastern Seas? Yeah, because he was he was like, you always have a home here. I was like, okay. So first when I was like reading this and I found out, oh, he betrayed her. And oh, he betrayed her. I was like, she has a third option. I'm sure that man was in love with her. And so I was like, they should end up together. They would be cute. But I'm still, I'm still holding out hope for my villain. <laughs> there we go. Well, we'll read the second one. We'll be, we'll be back with notes. <laughs> well, let's get into our final ratings. I would give this a 4.2, 4.3, maybe out of five, because again, I think that beginning was just a little bit 
jumbled and kind of a little bit rocky for a start of a book. But as soon as you get past those first 30 pages, and even, you know, as Sierra said, you do get really into the book really quickly because it is kind of like a lot going on, a lot of chaos. I think it's a fabulous book. And out of 500 pages, if 20 of them are a little bit rough, that's <laughs> that's not bad. And so I, I would give it a 4.2 just because of that. But otherwise, fantastic novel, just such a fun read. I devoured this book. And it was lovely. Like I enjoyed every freaking second of reading this book. So yeah. For me, it is a five out of five. And I don't give those very often, but it is a five out of five. It is right up there for me. I don't want to be a traitor to my own fandom. So I won't say I think I love it equally as much as I love any of Sarah J. Mass's work. But I do think the writing is very different from Sarah J. Mass's work. And I think I really enjoyed that. I don't think I really enjoyed that. I did really enjoy that. The type of detail in this book was absolutely beautiful. I felt like I was there, like the rich textures of the fabrics, the gorgeous colors, and just like how everything was described. It felt very ethereal, very celestial, as you will. I loved the immersion and feeling like, yes, this book is different from other fantasy novels because it is so deeply based from legend and lore and from actual like cultural significance. Yeah. It's something that I would never have, you know, it's a novel that is completely different from what I read because I don't really read fantasy like we all know. I, I am really into mythology, so that itself was like a big draw for me. But I think this was a completely different book that I would have normally never picked up. But I had a friend tell me that it was great. I had the person at the bookstore say, yeah, that's a really good one. And then I had you recommend it. So I was like, let's let's drink and go. And I could not be more excited that we picked this one up. So let's get into our pairings because I'm very excited about this part. We are pairing with TV shows, movies, books, and drinks that pair well with today's book. I'm going to go first because I have a feeling that Sierra is going to have better pairings than myself. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) My drink, I drank it tonight. Uh, The Blue Moon Sour. It is like purple and has foam and it's like pretty and it looks like it belongs on the moon. So there you go. Again, just gin, creme de violet, lemon and an egg white and that's all you need and it's freaking delicious. My TV show is going to be Rain spelled R-E-I-G-N so this is about Mary Queen of Scots. This is honestly one of my all-time favorite shows. It's very cheesy but also very there's the love triangles there's the royals there's the gorgeous dresses and like the gorgeous hair and the gorgeous girls and like all that. So I feel like just the vibes are given off the same thing and you kind of have a ruler that's kind of in an unknown land this person of power but can't can't really do anything because of their preconceived notions. And so I think that that one fits in really well. My book is going to be, I have two. So I have The Tea Girl of Hummingbird Lane. I I think I've recommended this one before, but it's just really good. And it also is a a Chinese novel as well. It's about a girl who leaves a small village to kind of see the world after she's picked up as a translator for this guy who wants to make this 
tea commercial. And then, you know, she really tries to teach him about the power of the tea and the sacredness of it. And it's also a mother daughter story as well. Her leaving the small town, leaving her mother. And then my second book is Cersei. Uh, so this is, you know, world building, strong characters, strong female characters and that kind of mythological storytelling. Just such a great novel. It's a hefty boy. But if you want to <laughs> listen to it on audio, that's what I did. And it really helped get through it all. But it's really, really quite good. And then my movie is going to be Wonder Woman, uh, you know, the hero's journey. And, you know, she's doing all this for her female companions and also like her mother's story and kind of trying to figure out who your father is, how your power has been born. And then just, you know, women power, female warriors. Those are my pairings. <laughs> All right. For my pairings, there is for drink, there is this like wine infused vodka called Banique. It's like a liquor and it's like gorgeous. It shimmers with like pearl dust in it or something like purple. It looks very magical um, when you pour it in your cup. Um, I had it like a really long time ago, but it was so good, nice and warm and like a kind of a berryish taste. And then for book, I'm going to say Throne of Glass, but specifically the Empire of Storms book um, has a lot of dragons, has very strong um, like females. And I just think it's like, it's not exactly the same, but there's still like that women empowerment and it's just like a very like kind of on the edge of your seat part of that story. A lot of heartbreak in there too. From TV show, I am going to go with this anime called Fruits Basket and it is about this family who some of them have the spirit of the Chinese zodiac within them. And then to kind of stay with a little bit of that theme of anime, I'm going to go with Spirited Away for my movie, or I'm also going to say Raya, because I think a lot of that was also based in a lot of Asian mythology as well. So I'm going to say those. Oh, those are good. Those are really good. Well, this was our conversation on Daughter of the Moon Goddess. Freaking phenomenal book. Please go pick it up wherever you can find it. Until next time. Cheers. Bye. Well, that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked it, please go give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. If you want more book-related content, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at rwreadspodcast. Again, that's at R-W-R-E-A-D-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at rwreadspodcast on Instagram and TikTok. Until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full. Thanks all. Thank you.